What's good, good people? It's your boy Conquer Jones coming at you with another episode of the Comfort Zone. Told you last week, the second episode of the week would be the Tuesday, the Friday. It would be either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, so I'm still on point. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. This is my third time trying to record this, and I guess it's because I really just don't know what to say. So instead of trying to make this a specific topic, uh, we're just going to go with another random thoughts. I'm not sure which random thoughts we own. So we're just going to go with some random thoughts because it's been kind of an interesting week anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's been a really interesting week um, spiritually for me. So let's go ahead and start with uh, part one. Let's go ahead and start with the first thing that's been on my mind lately. Uh, what's been on my mind this week is really focusing on the people that I have in my corner or the people who I feel like are in my corner. And maybe not me specifically, but maybe there's somebody else out there who kind of feels like this to where you're wondering if somebody in your corner has an ulterior motive. You know, they're saying all the right things, but something just doesn't feel right. You know, uh, I'm here to tell you to trust that feeling. You know, me personally, I had to pray real hard about this. And I told God to reveal to me what he wanted me to see. And whatever he shows me, I'm going to go with that. You know, I had to pray real hard about it. Maybe everybody who listens to this doesn't believe in prayer like that. But if you do believe in prayer, pray for God to open your eyes about on what's really going on. But understand that you may not like the answer that you get. And you have to be willing to accept whatever answer God gives you. Um... But you really need to pay attention to those feelings uh, to where you feel like somebody has an ulterior motive, whether it be your friends, whether it be somebody you're sleeping with. I'm not talking about on a job. I'm not talking about when you conduct a business because everybody has an ulterior motive on a job and when you conduct a business, period. That's why they call it business. That's why they call it a job. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody has an ulterior motive, period. But I'm talking about the people who you consider to be in your inner circle, you know, you need to make up your mind what you're going to do. You need to make up your mind if this person is meant to be in your inner circle for a reason, season, or a lifetime. And I hate quoting these cliche quotes uh, that I hear a lot of preachers say because it's gotten so washed down. It's been quoted so much that it's washed down. It has absolutely no potency to it. But you have to really think about why this person is in your life. And another thing you need to do is you need to be willing to let go, you know, you really have to be willing to let people go once uh, their season has run its course. You know, when fall comes, all the leaves fall. Hence the reason why they call it fall. See, fall is really a transition from summer to winter. When winter comes and when winter is coming, uh, all the leaves fall off of the trees. The trees still stand, yes, but every bit of greenery, the leaves, the flowers, and everything like that falls off the trees to prepare for the winter. You know, those leaves and everything can survive the winter, so they go, so they die out during the fall. And I think you need to understand that even in the seasons that you're coming up against, you're going to have people in your life that, that are going to die out just like those leaves. But the beautiful part about it is that after you go through what you go through, 
when springtime comes, there'll be new people that come into your life to take you to a better place than the people that you left behind. But you're not going to get to those new people without leaving those ones behind because you can never grow a new leaf on a tree until the old one falls off. And eventually, if you leave a leaf on a tree long enough, and I'm sitting up here saying this because, okay, let me, let's talk about gardening. Let's talk about people who grow plants. No. If anybody, you talk to anybody who grows plants, especially things like elephant ears or stuff like that, if there's a part of that plant that is dying off, what do they do? They cut it. So they cut it right beneath where it dies at so that it can grow more, so they can grow something new. But if they leave that piece of that leaf on there, that piece of that branch or whatever it is that's dying off there, it continues to kill off the rest of the plant. So my question to you is this. Do you feel like you have somebody in your life that is killing you off because they are doing you more damage than good? Even if they look good on the outside, you know, teeth decay from within. So I want you to really sit up here and think about that. And to God be the glory, I'm actually really feeling this message now. So this is going to be the one that I post. Uh, I guess he wanted me to go in a different direction, and that's what we're going to go with. Uh, but I want you to really sit up here and think about the people that you have in your inner circle. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody that's there doesn't have your best interests at heart. You know, but it's up to you on whether or not they stay there. Having people around you isn't always about you. Sometimes you are in somebody else's life strictly for them. But I don't believe you should have a gut feeling telling you something's wrong, even in those circumstances. But it's up to you to do the discernment. It's up to you to pray about it. It's up to you to dig deeper into that to really figure out what's going on. Nobody else can do that for you. God could. But then you wouldn't learn anything if God did. So let me end this and get ready to go to the next thing by saying. If you have somebody in your inner circle and something feels off. Dig deep. Pay attention to that feeling. Because you're not wrong either way it goes. You either find out that they do have an ulterior motive. Or you'll figure out why you feel like that. And that's a win-win. In either book, you know, that being said, the next thing I wanted to, uh, the next thing that I've had on my mind lately is, I think I talked about this last week, I'm not sure, but the next thing I had on my mind lately is being motivated and encouraging and how detrimental that can be. Actually, I'm pretty sure I talked about this last week, uh, so I'm not going to touch, touch on it too much, but you know, I did. Uh, I have been thinking more and more and more about people who really disregard the fact that you're really going through something uh, when they're trying to motivate and encourage you and how it doesn't do anything. So you have to take a more personal approach when you're talking to somebody like this is uh, something that I used to say uh, to people. And something that I used to say is I said, we get so focused on trying to be the healer that we don't even know what part of them needs to be healed. Now, see, that made something jump inside of me. So I'm going to say that again for me. And I hope it blesses you, too. We get so focused on trying to be the healer that we don't even understand what part of the person needs to be healed. 
You know, we get so focused on trying to motivate and encourage somebody that we can't even see how bad they're hurting or what areas they're really hurting and to motivate and encourage them because we want to be the victor. We want to be the ones to say, oh, man, I really did encourage and lift up that person. But what we do does not help. What we do does not help at all because we're telling them the same thing thousands of, thousands of other people have told them. We're telling them the same thing they see on every encouraging blog or page or channel or whatever they go to on social media. We're telling them the same thing that they're constantly telling themselves and it's not working. But yet we're so focused on what we say being what works instead of understanding that there could be something else that needs to be done. We're taking what I would call a corporate word and trying to make it work in personal situations. And it don't work like that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times it ain't about you being quick to say, okay, like I would say this. I said, we listen to people just so we can respond, not to understand you know what I'm saying? We hear what somebody's going through. First thing that pops up in our mind, in our mind oh, yeah, man, you got to understand this, this, this. But see, you ain't even finished listening to what the person's going through because you so amped up about trying to be the one to say something that really helps them. No. You know what really helps them? Listening. You know what really helps them? Asking questions. You know what really helps them? Helping them come to come to the conclusion that a decision on their own. That's what really helps them. Not you shoving all these so-called magical quotes down their throat that's supposed to heal and that's supposed to bless, but it doesn't, you know. And then we'll sit up here and look at the individual like something's wrong with them when ain't nothing wrong with them. They're just tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. We need to take the time to understand that each individual needs something different if we call ourselves real helpers. Take the time to understand that each individual needs to hear something different. And keep digging until we find out what it is that they what it is that they really need to hear, what it is that they're really looking for. What are they really seeking out? And this is a mistake that not just men and women of God made. This is a mistake that everybody makes. Everybody who ever wants to do something positive in somebody's life has made this mistake once or twice. Or a million times. And it's because we ain't taking the time to hear people out. We ain't taking the time to hear their struggles. We think just because we don't struggle in that area, they shouldn't either. And that ain't how life works. Because while somebody else may struggle with smoking, you have somebody else who struggles with focusing on getting their work done, focusing on building their business. You have somebody else who struggles with being focusing on a relationship and being faithful in a relationship. Believe it or not, people do struggle with that. Uh, but you have people who struggle in different areas and I can't sit up here and say you can put them on a weighted scale to see which one weighs more but I'm just saying it's different different strokes for different folks you know what I'm saying so something else I was thinking about is that we really need to change our approach on how we uh, call ourselves helping other people especially as men and women of God and you know that's going to kind of lead me into my other thing which uh led me to the encouraging thing, and I probably should have spoke on this first, is understanding is this is just my perspective. I can't say this is God at all. But we got to stop telling a person who got hurt to heal first. 
And I don't mean it's, I don't mean it exactly like that. That's just how it came out. What I mean is uh, you got to stop telling the person who got hurt to be the bigger person all the time, to reach out to the person who hurt them and, and make amends. You know, you got to stop telling the person who got damaged to fix the other person. You know what I'm saying? To fix themselves and the other person at the same time. You got to stop. We got to stop doing that. I understand it says it in the Bible, uh, something like that. Honestly, I don't think it says that exactly. Uh, and I think it's just something that we've taken from the Bible and completely uh, twisted it up, you know. But you have to stop going to the person that's hurt and telling them to be the first person to make a move when they were actually the ones that's hurt. You know, there's this, uh, most of the time, when you see the person that got hurt, being the one to say something first, they get hurt again, and they get hurt again and hurt again and hurt again because it's a never-ending cycle. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times you have people so full of themselves that they know you're going to come back, so they're going to keep treating you that way. So why do we keep telling the person who actually got hurt, the person who actually got, actually got used, or the person who actually got abused to keep putting themselves through the same thing? What's that saying? Only a fool would try the same thing over and over and over again and keep expecting different results. So why are we making our friends and family out to be fools? Why are we pushing them to be fools? You know what I'm saying? It's time out for that. We need to understand that some bridges that's burnt ain't meant to be fixed or repaired. We need to understand that sometimes some relationships just can't be fixed or repaired. You actually sometimes in the process of you trying to fix something or repair it you end up damaging it and making it worse. I put this post up on Facebook that kind of goes along with this. I said, you know why they never repair glass after it's shattered and they replace it? I said, it's because you can never put the whole thing back together again completely. There's always going to be pieces missing. And those pieces will make that glass even more vulnerable than it was before. Once that glass shatters, it will never become whole again. So the best thing to do is just replace the glass altogether. We need to look at relationships like that and understand that the person who got shattered will never be whole again in that situation. So instead of, instead of trying to tell them to fix broken glass, let's help them replace it with something brand new. I think that's the real true will of God for us. It's not to fix the shattered glass. To replace it, it's, it, but to replace it with new glass. No. In the process, we're moving on to the last thing. And the last thing is, uh, I ask God this question. And I've been asking God this question for a long time. I said, Father God, if you really are in control of everything, I said, and if Luc I said, if Lucifer really has to come to you, to mess with me then why am I giving Lucifer credit for anything some people like saying Satan some people like saying the devil 
I personally believe the devil doesn't exist. I believe Satan doesn't exist. Satan and the devil aren't real. Satan and the devil are just aliases of Lucifer. It's no different than me calling myself Conquer Jones, but when I die, <laughs> it's going to say Charles Comer on my birth certificate. It says Charles Comer on my check. It says Charles Comer. You know, on my social security card, it says Charles Comer. But just because I go by Conquer Jones doesn't mean that Conquer Jones is its own deity. No. Calling Lucifer Satan and the devil doesn't make Lucifer a deity. No, he's still a fallen angel. And he still needs permission to mess with you, to mess with me, to mess with anybody. So if, if Lucifer has to ask for permission to mess with us, where does the devil come from? Where does Satan come from? Uh, but I will tell you this. If I just so happen to be an angel who has fallen from heaven and who wanted to convince the same human race that I hate to serve and worship me instead of God, I would make myself seem a lot bigger and stronger than I really am. Ergo, I would create an alias that I fight towards. Something fierce, completely evil, independent of God. And make people believe that this thing that I have created, which is nothing, is greater than the God who created me. If I was Lucifer and I was a fallen angel, that would be exactly what I'd do. I'd trick y'all in so many ways it wouldn't even be funny. I have you believing in millions of different religions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have you believing God doesn't exist. I have you believing that science proves more about reality than the spirit of God. I have you saying that faith is nothing and that you need to be based and that everything needs to be based off of facts. Now, you know what I'm saying? I have you believe in facts rather than faith and treat you like faith doesn't exist. I would plant stories about there being another story, there being another Jesus before Jesus. When in reality, it's not the fact that there was another Jesus before Jesus. It's just different dialects. It would be so many different ways I would trick you. You think the obvious stuff is the sex and sexual orientation or whatever like that. You think that's the obvious stuff, but I play with y'all minds so much that you would literally grow up thinking that this is how life is supposed to be and you don't even understand that I just pulled one of the greatest tricks on the face of this earth in the existence of the entire world and the universe and you don't think that's happening now? Huh. But again, let's go back to this because I'm getting ready to shut this down. Let's go back to me saying I ask God why would I give the devil credit for anything? Why would I give Satan credit for anything? If Lucifer has to come to you for everything. And I'll say this right now, whether people agree or not, there's no way you can believe in both. There's two things that you can't believe in. You can't believe in Satan and the devil. If you believe that God is omnipresent, you can't believe that Lucifer has that much free will and that much power. If you believe that God is an all seeing, all knowing God. So it's either you believe that God is an all seeing, all knowing God who is in complete control, or you do like a lot of other people do, which is create this fictitious <laughs> deity that you put on the same 
pedestal as God because you just can't understand why God operates the way he operates. You can't understand why God would allow so much evil in the world. You can't even understand why God would have an attack dog that uh, he seeks on you from time to time. It's, it's tough to understand that the same God that can give you everything can take it all away from you. So we have this fictitious being in Lucifer, in, in Satan, in the devil, that we blame everything bad in us on. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't even realize this. And I really hate to say this. I don't. I really don't. I just hate to say it because I don't think you're going to like it. But I really, truly believe this in my heart. And it's something that I used to say, something real simple. I used to sit up here and tell you, everything nice ain't right for you. And everything right for you ain't nice. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, again, if I were the devil, if I was this fictitious being, <laughs> if I were Lucifer, another great trick I pull is to make you think that every good thing that comes across your path is supposed to make you feel good. And that everything that makes you feel bad is evil. That'll be another great trick that I'll play. You know, sometimes you don't even realize that you got that big old house and it puts you in more debt. That's not a good thing. Sometimes you don't even realize that you got that new job and it stresses you out more. That's not a good thing. Sometimes you don't even realize you got a new car and it's causing you nothing but problems you're in that new relationship uh that looks good on the outside but you're completely unhappy within you're lost within you feel so empty within you know what i'm saying sometimes you don't even realize that the same things that look good to you on the outside ain't good for you on the inside and that's what that's based upon but it's time for us to wake up and really open up our spirit to what's really going on. You ain't going to like everything that God's going to do. God ain't going to like everything that you're going to do. That's the whole point of a relationship. You need to get over it, you know. But I don't think I have anything else to say. Again, this is another random thoughts, which it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, but the way the conversation was going the first two times I recorded this, it just didn't feel right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My intuition told me that something was off like there was an ulterior motive behind it and there was an ulterior motive behind it i was recording what i recorded out of resentment so to speak and now i'm truly speaking from the heart on the things that i've been wanting to speak from the heart on so to god be the glory even this situation with me i'll be the first to tell you i mess up a lot I ain't perfect by a long shot. I'll never be perfect, but I do have a perfect heart for God because I'm going to keep seeking him regardless. I'll be mad with God. I could be mad with God right now in five minutes. We cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have been mad with God in five minutes. We cool. That's, that's the whole point of a relationship. But last but not least, I'm going to say this. And we're going to go back to you feeling like things are off between somebody you have in your inner circle. Somebody with an ulterior motive, as I've said before, somebody with an ulterior motive cannot fathom the fact that you don't have an ulterior motive. So they treat you as if you have an ulterior motive too. Somebody, some people can't 
appreciate or accept the fact that you really have no agenda other than being there for them, other than you two being in each other's lives. Some people cannot handle that. And that being said, have you ever sat down and think that this same person that you feel like something is off with is jealous of you because you're naturally better than them and they can't stand that you don't have to put in the work they have to put in for the gifts and the abilities that you have. I'm done. I can't wait till I get my new microphone. Uh, I can't wait till I get my guitar and I start practicing my guitar. I should give y'all my cash out to donate, but I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If anything I created cash out for, it's going to be to uh, donate to get my grill fixed. That way I could be smiling and cheesing all in your face. Yeah, I'm going to have fake teeth, but they're going to be my fake teeth. <laughs> Did that sound familiar? <laughs> It's my fake teeth, so it's real. I bought them, so it's real. <laughs> I have absolutely no sense, and I'm cool with that. I know you're cool with it, too. That's why you're listening to me. It's your boy, Conker Jones, coming at you with another episode of The Comfort Zone. I will see you next week. Remember my five favorite things before I go. Stay focused, stay faithful, stay true to yourself. Treat others how you want to be treated. And give God the respect that God deserves. Peace.